Hey Disruptors, uh, we've got something special for you this week, just in case you're getting tired of our voices. Michelle had the opportunity to interview John Beckett from seed.org.au about purpose and calling, particularly in the workplace. So hope you enjoy it and make sure you check out seed.org.au for more information. Hey Disruptors, I'm here with uh, John Beckett. Uh, he's a good friend who I go to church with and who runs uh, Seed, which we'll hear more about in a moment. So, hey, JB. Hi. Good to be here. Isn't it? It is. Feels like we did this not that long ago. <laughs> Strange, that, isn't it? <laughs> Sitting outside in a very windy spot and, um, yeah, let's just say the recording did not make, <laughs> did not survive. I'm going to say much more profound things I, I this time. I expect so. It's my, it was all part of my master plan to get <laughs> The absolute gold from you. Um, so we've had a couple of podcast episodes around the idea of calling mm. and what that is and what does it mean today. Is it um, is it like you know the one idea? There's one person that you meant to marry. Is there the calling that yeah. you meant to pursue? It's been a fascinating mm. conversation, but. Um, I'm interested in your perspective because you are right in the thick of this conversation, really, um, with Australian Christians. So tell us a little bit, first off, around what you're doing in your day-to-day and what that has to do with the idea of purpose calling. Yeah, sure. Well, uh, at the moment, um, I'm running an organisation called Seed, which we founded about three years ago. And Seed... Uh, we're on about growing change makers and their ideas. So particularly working in the faith-based sector. Um, yeah, looking for people who really want to connect with their Christian story and their faith and then turn that belief system into an embodied reality kind of by creating positive impact in the world. And that usually involves making stuff like creating businesses or strategies or services or products and then landing them in the world. So that's what we do. And, and But for us, the foundation of that if you ask me what it's really about like not the kind of public persona of seed but internally what we talk about it's all about alignment Mm -hmm. and alignment with purpose so um yeah for us the the starting point for that is that we believe that god is creator that the creator had an intention for the world still does has a desire for every part of what god's created and so if we can access that and also access uh, what God's intention for us is, so for us and for the places where he's put us, and then the rest, rest of life really is about trying to bring alignment with that purpose. So that's kind of our take on what life's all about. Yeah, okay, that's fascinating. Can you, um, can you give us a sense of what that actually looks like, like someone that you've actually walked alongside and, and just concrete example I guess of what it means to help people work out their purpose and live that out well uh, well for us I think uh, we talk about uh, two pillars to that one is question of identity Mm. so who has God made me to be and then the second which I've kind of already alluded to is the question of context where have you been placed and then what's God's desire or purpose for that place Um, and so trying to access those two things and bring them together now that's um, like sounds okay in theory, but actually getting into the heart of that is quite difficult, particularly on the identity side. Mm. And, and we think the way that you find 
that stuff out is through looking at your story. Mm. And, I mean, you could... So if you think about my day, right, I could tell you about my day and I could tell you that uh, I got I woke up this morning and there was a little person jumping on top of me and hurting, hurting my stomach and then I kind of rolled out of bed. I went and stood under some water and then I ate some food and then I walked up to a, a building and sat there with a whole bunch of people and typed on a, on a keyboard. But that's not what I do, you know, I don't... In, in one sense, they're just events and experiences of life. But what we do as human beings is take those seemingly disconnected events and experiences and weave them into a story. So I tell you about my daughter, who I love, and the fun that we had this morning when we played a game. And, um, and then I tell you about my work, where I came, and what I did at my work, and what that means in the world. So I, I take those events and experiences and form them into a story. And we think that humans both um, shape, have their identity shaped by those stories, but they also then present their identity into the world by telling a story about themselves and choosing that. So if we can kind of really access that story, then it gives you the raw materials to work out what your purpose is. How do you access the story then? That's, are you just... Just get people to tell it. Yeah. Yeah. So literally, it's like what your story of your childhood through to is it experiences that you've had and what's shaped yeah. who you are today. Yeah, we look at we look at um, who and what shaped you. We ask questions around. We don't really ask questions. We just say tell your story, mm. and then we invite people to listen to that story, mm. and they reflect on certain questions around. Well, okay, what have I heard? What key experiences come out of this? Um, what uh, what, are, what do these people seem to be passionate about? What are the problems they want to solve in the world? Um, yeah, those sorts of questions and just kind of pull that out. And then I guess it's about uh, taking all that and trying to refine it and clarify it. And we usually talk about a, an identity statement. Okay. So I could... Um, I could tell you about a whole bunch of things that I do in the world and roles that I have in the world. So I'm a CEO or I'm, um, you know, I'm a manager. I'm a, I'm not an accountant, but you know what I mean? Um, for some reason that came to mind. Maybe I'm doing my taxes at the moment. Um, yeah, but, but then across all those roles, we try and help people find adjectives or kind of descriptive mm. words that um, capture all of that and uh, are, part of, are something that people are happy to claim as a, at the level of who they are. So for me, it would be something like I am a coach. Mm. You know, I, I, I do a bit of coaching. It's a role that I play, but in my role as a CEO, in the work that I do, mentoring young people, in the stuff that I do at church, you know, across all of that, I have this sense of part of my core purpose, my identity, is that I want to invest in people and see them create an environment where they can flourish in what they're doing. And so that's kind of core to who I am. So we help people do that and find what those things are and then try and, I guess, decipher them what life looks like if they start to make choices that are aligned with that sense of core identity mm. so so they get to the point of making those choices can you just maybe just step back a bit you mentioned 
a creator God and, and creating us a purpose. And I guess I'd be interested a little bit more um, around the theological framework that you use because, yeah, we've talked a lot about purpose. There's a lot of conversations and mm. um, there's lots of, you know, your Oprah's view on calling. And yeah. I just would be interested for you, I guess, from a Christian perspective of someone, you know, you've studied this stuff and you wrestle with it yeah. probably more than most people. Yeah. Yeah. What's your, what's your reflection on what the role of God in this and how we show up in that? Yeah, just what yeah. does that look like? Yep. Well, maybe I'll say two things. One is uh, one is this kind of deep um, deep truth that I think we have to recapture because of the way we've talked about for decades and maybe centuries about the Christian faith is that we invite God into our hearts or we invite God into our lives. Now, that's fantastic in one sense because there's passages that talk about, you know, God stands at the door and knocks and all that kind of stuff. Um, But it misses the bigger reality that because God is creator, the story of the world of which we are part is God's story. And so the the bigger truth is that God invites us into God's story, and God's story is the primary story. It's not all about us. It's actually about what God's doing in the world. And and then the concept that you know I talked about in alignment. I guess as I look at the Bible, I see that it talks a lot about blessing, a lot about curse that comes through the Old Testament, and then Jesus kind of reinterprets that in the New Testament around the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter five in particular. Um, and I think what the best conception of blessing is that you live a blessed life when you live a life that's uh, as God intended it to be. So God made human beings and we are fully human when we live the way that God intended us to live as the creator. And so if we can access what that means, then we'll, we'll kind of feel at home in ourselves and in the world because we're living as we were designed to live. If we're living contrary to it, then we, you know, we may experience pleasure, but we won't experience this sense of kind of really being in a sweet spot. Um, so that's, I guess, one, one kind of key principle. The other, maybe I take you back to a, a story for me. Um, yeah, we were in Canada. I went and did some study in Canada. It was 2004... Uh, we're up at um, Whistler, oh, yeah. so we're living in Vancouver, and our family had come over for Christmas. We we're going to have this beautiful white Christmas, right? And we, I don't know if people are skiers, but um, ski hills are some of the most beautiful places on earth. But if it hasn't snowed on a ski hill for a few weeks, they become some of the most disgusting places on earth. <laughs> like they get sludgy and grey and dirty and. And so we brought our family over and we drive up to Whistler and it hasn't snowed for three weeks and it's Christmas Eve and it just looks awful, you know. It's like, oh, welcome, this is great. But that night we go to bed, it, it snows all night, we wake up Christmas morning, white Christmas, there's snow everywhere, on the trees, beautiful, right? And had a great day and then went to bed that night, got up the next day, same thing. Uh, so Boxing Day 2004, and we're about to have lunch. There's about 20 people staying in the house. And I, I walk into the room next door and turn on the TV. And coming out of the TV are the images of the Boxing Day tsunami in Asia. And, and nobody else in the house had seen any of this. It just happened. 
and I walk out and I'm like, wow, you know. And then my father-in-law is beautiful, kind of Christian man, very simple faith, you know, comes from the country. And, and he prays this beautiful prayer about, well, thanks God for blessing us with family and food and, and this wonderful place. And, and, you know, we're so thankful for all of it. A really, a really appropriate prayer, right? And yet, at the very moment, there's all this kind of carnage going on for people in their lives. And, and that drove me to ask... I then wrote a thesis, and that question was all about what's the global responsibility of individuals and individual believers in particular. Mm-hmm. And the only... If you look at all the need in the world... This is a big question, right? You can't, you can't handle the complexity of the world as a limited human being, right? Mm. Um, so if you think about all the things that should happen in the world and we've got to somehow make those things happen, you just become at best weary, mm. at worst cynical and disillusioned. Um, and the only way that I can kind of conceive of it, and this kind of drove me back, was where I kind of started this conversation, was that, well, the Bible actually talks about what happens when God um, you know when we accept Jesus and Jesus comes into our lives is a complete transformation in who we are mm. so you are a new creation you are a citizen of the kingdom you are a child of God it's all identity language mm. um, so it's not this weird this like simple transaction from you were dead now you're alive or you were unsaved now you're saved it's this complete transformation in, in who we are mm. And so I think for human beings that that's the very heart of, of kind of a theological framework for purpose mm. is understanding that. And that's, a, that's about grace, right? Because yeah. it's all what God's done in us and just accessing mm. that, that grace and that transformation and, and trying to live it in the world. Yeah. And that, to me, that simplifies life. Like it's, it frees me up to, to really chase after trying to solve some big problems in the world because mm. I don't feel like I've actually got the responsibility for them. It's a, it's a privilege because a life lived towards that is a life aligned with who I've been made to be as a child of God, as a new creation. And so that, that fight and that struggle actually becomes really fulfilling and really meaningful for me mm. rather than burdensome and, and weary, if that makes sense. It does. Mm. So does that mean that purpose needs to be something about bringing the kingdom to earth you know like that sense of bringing about social change Mm. do you feel and and i guess what what are you noticing happening bubbling up in the conversations you're having or what you're seeing particularly in australia yeah okay well yeah absolutely i think uh i can't i can't look at the god um the god that i worship and the god of the bible uh, without seeing that it's a good, his God that interested is interested in all of life. Yeah. Um, so if I, just to yep. pick on the accountant, so if I was an accountant and said I felt like my purpose was to be a, a, the best accountant I can to make, you know, to do the best finances for my clients, yep. is that in and of itself a purpose, do you reckon? Does it does um, need to go deeper? In? Sort of. Like I think, 
I think that's true, but it's a bit limited. Mm. And so this is where the context piece, so identity and context. So identity says, okay, well, I want to be a great accountant and God's wired me up to be an accountant. So I'm going to do that really faithfully and do it really well, the best I can. But the context piece says, well, no, where are you placed? Like, is it just about helping? Maybe it's about the people that you serve Mm. um, and somehow your accounting skills have an effect on their lives. Or is it about the accounting industry? Like you're sitting there and there's um, some practices in your firm that are a bit shady because the company wants to increase profits, but you know, you're really exploiting customers. Well, that's contrary to what God would intend for those customers. And so there's an opportunity there to see something that's broken and to be to out of your story live something that responds to that and is distinct from it. Mm-hmm. So I guess we're saying, yep, it's all about being a great accountant, but where has God placed you as an accountant and what, what can you do as an accountant that will bring change that aligns with God's purposes in that place? Okay. Yeah, that's so, good. That's the next level. Hmm. Okay. Sorry, so back to the question, what, have you, what are you noticing? What are we noticing? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so... Well, how to answer this question? Um, well, I think... Probably people who uh, are Christians and are listening to this, there's probably this sense that we're feeling a bit of a, um, a bit all at sea at times. Mm. Um, like, oh, it used to be really easy to talk about a faith. Well, maybe not easy, but easier than it was. It is now, and um, people aren't always as kind of open and excited about me being a Christian who's doing good stuff. But I think what we're trying to say is that that's a that's a real possibility. Like that tension that's there. Mm-hmm. If you think about when two things are in tension with each other, well, sometimes it's a bit uncomfortable, but it's also, there's also a heightened awareness by everyone who's part of that relationship as to why that tension exists. Mm-hmm. And so our, our story should be distinctive. If we believe God's way is the best way for the world, it should be distinctive. And, and if we're finding creative ways to live that out, then um, it should kind of come to life in those relationships and so it's an opportunity for our story to pop and so we've got a different uh, I think you know this idea of um, beauty something that I'm kind of really fascinated by at the moment and seeing and hearing a bit about like what does a different conception of beauty look like both from a personal point of view but also in a in a um, yeah a broader broader um, sense I guess as well um, you know, we're involved in some amazing stuff around domestic and family violence. You know, I think this recapturing of the idea of kind of whole relationships is a key part of what God's on about. Um, and so what does it look like for that to be the case in families and, and even beyond families into communities? Um, what does that mean? So that's individuals could go, yeah, this is something I see the problem in it resonates with me and I want to be part of what God's better picture is and, and so yeah. do they come together around that to pursue it or are you just seeing lots of people doing stuff in their own little spots? Oh, a little bit of both, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think uh, Yeah, I think what we're seeing is you know, a whole bunch of churches coming out of, like we've got lots to be um, 
lots to ask forgiveness for, mm. you know, coming out of the Royal Commission, mm. and um, and then I, you know, I'm conscious that when you look at um, domestic and family violence coming out of some of the teaching maybe of the churches that that's been abused sometimes and been used as an ex- excuse for violence so we're seeing I guess churches rise up and say well it's not okay and we want to be actually constructive in not just saying oh that we need to be aware of when it's happening but we actually need to be thinking about well, what does a what does a whole flourishing family look like Mm-hmm. And what? Do, how do we paint a picture of that? And how do we help people live towards that? Not just kind of this, this lowest common denominator of I don't hit my wife or I don't hit my husband, you know. Yeah. Well, the best way to do that is to look at, well, okay, what is, what is life lived in relationship as a family that's really flourishing look like, I guess? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm making any sense. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> um... someone who is starting to go, yeah, I can kind of um, get a sense of my passion, like I'm getting a sense of the purpose piece yep. and my um, role, uh, getting the perspective of, of God's creation and where I fit in that and whatever, um, to help them understand the context piece, what, um, what couple of suggestions would you have for someone who's maybe moving into the next step to not just be, I want to be the best accountant, I can be... Yeah. for Jesus like what does it look like to really explore the context bit mm. what are some key questions or things people should be exploring yeah. yeah well each of us are in a whole bunch of different contexts right um, so no, I'm a I'm a dad I'm a CEO I'm a coach I'm a, all, all the like they're all there okay and sometimes the I guess the question of priorities is a is a tough one, mm-hmm. um, but I think kind of. I guess I believe that, that that the spirit of God is at work in us, and that you know if we're trying to be really faithful, then God's going to reveal to us and kind of show us. Now I think we, did we talk about this at one point? It's really quite hard to tell people or teach people what listening to the voice of God is like. Yeah. I mean, it just it doesn't seem like there's any kind of coherent um, common understanding of what that looks like. But I think it's this, as you become more aligned with who God has made you to be and that's the work of formation mm-hmm. reading scripture, engaging in prayer engaging with God's people, right? I think it, Scripture talks about growing up in your faith, being conformed in the image of the Creator. Um, and that, I guess I encourage people that as you do that, if you know you're trying to be faithful in that, then you can also trust that you're going to get better at it mm. and that the ideas and the thoughts that you have are going to be more conformed to what the way of Jesus is like. And to start to trust then your thinking. Um, and I think that the Spirit actually, this is my experience, the Spirit actually convicts us when we're not living in alignment with what God intends for us. Mm-hmm. And then the question is just, well, are you listening and are you willing to actually do something about that? Yeah. Or are you just going to take 
Um, Are you going to go your own way because it's an easier option? Now that may be really hard. It may eventually mean that you get some some level of persecution or you might need to change jobs and that means some level of security is... But I, I'm pretty much, in terms of the way that we... The people that we engage with, people who make the choice to be faithful, um, yeah, God holds them up. Mm. And there's a deeper sense of, uh, I've just done the right thing. I'm living as I'm meant to live. Yeah. Rather than sitting in the midst of it and just living with that tension and that feeling mm. of, this is not right. Yeah. It's yeah. not a good place to be. No, you're not in your sweet spot, which is yeah. what you said before, when you really feel like yeah. you know you're in the right place. Yeah, so just noticing those things, I guess, mm. is the big thing. Mm. And then asking the question, well, what can I change? Yeah. What can't I change? Maybe come speaking to some people like us yeah. who think a lot about this stuff and say, well, maybe you can change more than you think you can. Um, but even if you can't, then, you know, what does it look like to, to think about the next steps? Yeah. Yeah. It's mm, a perfect segue because I was going to ask you what what people could do, what sort of resources are out there, particularly what seed offers and, I guess, any other kind of key um, books or resources that you have found to be really useful. Yeah, okay. Well, I did, when we were talking in the wind, I remember... I remember mentioning, I think that, I think that um, the purpose-driven life, mm-hmm. which people who are um, over, over 25 will probably remember... <laughs> Um, is this yeah it's it's a bit old now but it's I think it's a, a really good resource mm-hmm. um, a really good book by a guy called Rick Warren interestingly I know a lot of secular campaigning organisations that reference that book really yeah 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 okay yeah helping people find their connection mm-hmm. anyway continue well, I mean it was yeah. I mean it was a bestseller yeah, yeah I don't know how long 20 years ago yeah it was yeah. like so and it it really did drip into the into the secular space, the corporate space, a very, like, a completely Christian book. And then out of that, there's been a whole bunch of um, people that have written on it. Um, There's a guy, you know, some stuff, a guy called Simon Sinek, who a lot of people probably heard of. Um, He's done some really interesting stuff, uh, a book called Start With Why. Um, There's another guy whose name I remember forgot last time and I'm probably going to forget <laughs> it again. <laughs> I don't know how to help you, the guy. <laughs> but it's a book called Know Your Why. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, that's yeah, so it's bad. <laughs> it's gone again. There must be something in our brains, you know. Yeah, I think that's it. It's a little little space where that person's <laughs> name locked, is. You know, yeah. Just locked up, never to come out again. Um, yeah. And then you know we've got a we've got a course, mm. an online course, purpose discovery course, which takes through a lot of these steps and a lot of other tools. Kind of um, that can be either done um, yourself online, self guided, kind of yep. according to your own pace, or it can be done in small groups, which is often a really exciting way to do mm. it. You know, bouncing off people and yeah. and as I said at the start, like it's this often the people around you can help you see things that maybe you can't see for yourself yeah. when you're thinking about you know what it is you're meant to do with your life. But I think the big thing that I, I've kind of alluded to but I'd want to say is I, I really think God desires faithful ones mm. rather than successful ones. Mm, that's good. And so often the process of 
becoming more faithful is not um, is not aligned with what the world tells you is the process of becoming successful or how the world sees someone who's done a lot with their lives mm-hmm. and often you can like failure and suffering are sometimes the best ways to learn how to be faithful and what about for you what um what do you see what kind of vision are you seeing with for your creator to be intersecting yeah. with seed yeah well, I mentioned coach, a coach before. Yeah. You know, sometimes the seed analogy, we kind of use a garden metaphor as well. I think, yeah, if you use a garden metaphor, we're trying to create the bed, the garden bed. Okay. You know, plants can go, grow anywhere, but if you create an environment that's a garden bed and then um, and you plant things there um, and then you give them water and you give them fertiliser and you create the environment where they can grow and flourish and become strong and bear fruit in the world that's kind of a metaphor for the way we think about what we do and and my heart's always been around as you can probably hear from this interview around formation Mm. like how to how do people really learn to be faithful and learn to flourish in their lives but that's got to be connected to the world that we live in Mm. and we're designed to flourish when we're serving others and when we're making a difference in other people's lives. So um, I guess we see this intersection between Christian formation and social impact or social innovation. And that's, yeah, so that's the next season for us. It's finding as many people as we can who, you know, just have a little pilot flame burning of, well, maybe God's put something in me um, that I'm meant to do in this world. And I kind of know it, but I've never done anything about it. Um, maybe we can invite you into our garden bed and give you some water and some fertilizer and see you flourish and grow. Oh, I love that. Mm. That's a beautiful place to, to wrap up. Um, thank you. Thanks for all that you're doing and for making the time to have a chat. Yeah. And to encourage people to check out um, seed.org.au. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Um, it's exciting what you're doing, and thanks for giving us all a bit more clarity on the idea of purpose and context. Exciting.